0: Welcome to Conscious Culture, a podcast on the evolving future of work. I'm Sarah Hawley.
1: And I'm Ren Matheson. Each week we bring you in on the conversations we're having about culture, business consciousness and heart-led leadership.
0: And on what's going on for each of us as leaders growing our companies side by side. Ren is the CEO of Grow My Team.
1: Sarah is the CEO of Grow Motely. And And this this is is our world. world. Where are you? So we're in a place called Port Augusta. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's in South Australia. So it's we're starting to go towards the centre. It's maybe a population of thirteen thousand people, but yeah, it's um, it's a beautiful countryside
0: though. The most amazing sunrises. Okay, so this is amazing. So you messaged me last week to say, "Oh yeah, just letting you know, I'm going to go to Ayers Rock for a couple of weeks." But I did not realise until I saw on your LinkedIn story, I think it was, that you were actually driving. Did you drive from um, Port Macquarie, where you live? Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah. So from Port Macquarie, I travelled the first five hours, got to Sydney, and then got in an RV. And so now we've been driving all through, like, the country towns of Australia to get
0: to Uluru. This is amazing. And so um, for our listeners who are non-Australian, how far is that? It's really far. Uh,
1: like 3,000 kilometres,
0: Okay. So I it's, think. Really, it's a good okay. 30 hours of driving total, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The roads aren't the greatest to drive on either. Like, you know, we're talking some really dirt, bumpy
1: roads, but it's great.
0: I love, that, I love it. You look amazing. Um, Probably better than me. I'm just at home. But um, I will, if anyone hears a little... I've got the baby down here feeding while I podcast because Mel, our assistant, has just left for the day and joe has got a dinner on. So, um, yeah, there's no option. I've just got to do the podcast with baby Luca on the boob. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, you're crushing it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, how are you? What else is going on? Tell us about this this trip you're taking and everything.
1: The trip I'm taking. Um, so... As you just mentioned, I'd only really told you that I was doing it like a week week and a half ago, two weeks ago maybe. Um, So it sort of just came up and I recognised pretty quickly that we're really in a situation where I could say yes to that, Um, you know, obviously being able to work remotely. um, It has been a little bit trying though with service and internet connection and things, but getting our way around that. Um, but this trip for me is just to signify my ultimate freedom. It's to allow me to go out and explore and, you know, essentially take my mum hat off as well. So we'll just, just, just a disclosure here, I'm not travelling with my kids. They're <laughs> at home. Um, being well looked after though. But, yeah, it's just, it's a little bit of a personal growth um, experience for me and to let me see parts of the country and connect with the land and the people and ultimately strengthen the connection with myself. I think that, you know, when there's so much going on in the world and we're trying to hold so much, I've just really had to amp up my self-care and the amount of energy that I direct inward.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And no better way than that than going to the centre of Australia and, you know, connecting in like that. So beautiful. It's going to be amazing. Um, Actually, I think this is interesting to talk about, like, how we decide in our companies and the way that we have things set up when we're going to be working, when we're traveling, when we're not. Um, so I know like for me, mostly I work like no matter where I go and particularly pre, um, pre the pandemic and everything. Like I was traveling eight plus months a year. I would never be home for more than three weeks was probably the longest I would. And so I worked almost always when I traveled and I really had to like, actually sometimes catch myself and be like oh you might want to just take a break like take some downtime and usually like Saltara would be a place that I would go and switch off for a week or I would usually pick like probably three maybe four times a year where I would have somewhere between three or four days and maybe a week where I would go completely offline the rest of the time I would just work so as I understand it this is a personal trip for you but you're still going to be working is that right?
1: Yeah, I'm doing both.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how (laughs) do you kind of, how are you finding juggling and deciding and things like that?
1: Uh, It's been a bit of a struggle over, I'm going to say, like even without just travelling now but deciding because... I love what I do so much. And I'm like, work doesn't really feel like work and it's all interlocked. And I was just speaking to the team about it the other day in terms of community and this concept called the third place. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me. But I say that in, in our societies, everyone needs a third place. And the third place is... Um, another place where you can connect and feel safe and, and, you know, open to be able to explore different things and grow as an individual, um, and have like really beautiful community connections. So it could be like sporting clubs or even pubs, cafes can be like that, but it's just another central location, usually away from your home life and your work life. And I was saying to them in the previous team meeting that, um, GMT feels like my third place as well because I get to have all of these beautiful relationships and we're having such thought-provoking conversations and then my little community mm-hmm. of people. Um, and so I'm sort of looking around to go, okay, I probably need a little bit more than that, like, you know, um, explore <laughs> explore outside of that. But it's, it's difficult for me to switch off and I don't really want to. So I still have had to try and find that balance, especially too with raising kids and, you know, ultimately still trying to save some time just for me. Um, But I find that as long as I have like one day through my week where I can go inward like that, ultimately, though, what I've had to do is really stretch out my self-care and my moments alone in the day-to-days. Like normally it would have been like say an hour in the morning that I was meditating and focusing on me. Now it's three to four hours a day that I need in order to keep that up. Mm -hmm. Uh, but on this trip, I mean, the team were like, take, all, take it all off, just go offline. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. That was so encouraging of it. And they've been amazing. Um, but yeah, I've I've locked out a couple of days where I'm definitely going to just really switch off so that I can be super present. Um, but it's actually been quite beautiful. It's challenging at times to just find the blend, um, especially like I said, when you're traveling like this, you don't really know about service and things when you're in the car.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but um, everyone's been super accommodating and if I've had to move things around a little bit or they've seen me sitting in the back of the RV it doesn't really matter it's all it's working out well.
0: Yeah, I love it and I mean I do find that as well like I might be somewhere for a couple of weeks and my intention is to work while I'm there but it, the cool thing about working in the way that we do is like I could still like rejig my days and my time so I can still have chunks of time off while I'm there to enjoy whatever it is um but not like actually be switched off for like a more significant period where and like even if I'm kind of switched off like I can still check in so it's it's very different to like I'm going to switch off I need to be responsible for my shit and make sure like there's a contingency plan for if something actually goes wrong that I am needed that the person who can step in knows that they're going to step in or whatever like that's very different to just like I'm not probably going to be as available but like you can still get me if you need me. So yeah. Um, I was just thinking, is the third place that, is that something, was there something to a Starbucks that were they like aspiring to be the third place or something like that? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. As you're talking though, do you think we need the third place as much if we are more fulfilled and engaged and aligned in like all the areas of the business? Cause when I heard about it Now, I I didn't remember when you first said it, but now I remember the Starbucks thing. They kind of aimed to be this third place, this place that people like was became meaningful for them in their lives, was a little bit of an escape from the drudgery or the whatever. Like, yeah, do we need it in the same way if like we work toward building a life that's fulfilling, like the whole thing becomes like the third place. Doesn't mean we don't need variety and variance because I would always want that. But it feels like a little bit different, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that I was continuously seeking um, previous to my role in GMT for that. And I had lots of different community pockets and so many things that I was doing, but ultimately it was because I wasn't truly fulfilled in my work life. Mm-hmm. And so I was continuously running and trying to find an ultimately an escape to like to have something that wound me down and brought me back to me. This is the first time that I've actually been in a position where I feel like I'm my whole self in all of it. So I, I'm not really doing that. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I was questioning, I'm like, do I actually need to go and find more or I'm actually really content fulfilled um and it's interesting because what I have been reading in terms of this third place they're saying that some organizations have really taken it to the level where they've got you know um child and they've got you can go and get massages you can go and do all of these things but it's ultimately so that you can stay at work longer it's mm-hmm. not so that you can actually really enjoy it and feel like you know that it's supporting your health and well-being. It's just to keep them there because if you know then that your children are being looked after and everything's sorted, you're going to stay for um, longer. And that obviously is really focusing on the time that's being spent rather than the productivity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think we really need to. Seek it out as much when we've got this very holistic approach to building in the workplace and what culture really looks like is that if you know that you can like look you bring you put your little bubba onto your podcast <laughs> like you know you can bring all of those aspects of yourself out and be completely embraced in that it is it's genuinely like it's very very fulfilling mm-hmm. as a human I think so do we need to seek out more like you said variety is incredibly
0: important but. Well, it becomes more, like I think about myself, it becomes more about knowing myself and what I need. So everything in my life is really quite wonderful. I mean, my friendships and my community, my tribe are amazing. My relationship with my partner and my immediate family is really amazing. Um, And my work life is absolutely fills me up. It's so, I'm obsessed with it. So for me, it's like I don't actually need to escape any of that, but I definitely... I'm very impacted by my by my physical surroundings. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm I'm a tourist, there's like this element of like homeliness about me, which for me doesn't translate to like one single home and a groundedness that it does for some Torians, but definitely does translate to being impacted a lot by my physical space. But for me, mm. I I have this free spirit as well. So I get. A lot of energy from changing up my surroundings, provided those surroundings are something that I feel comfortable and that that just is beautiful in some way or homey or cozy or something. But that's something that I like really need in my life. And I'm heading, we're heading back in our in our camper um, this weekend to Colorado for the summer. So we'll probably be in Colorado for two months. And then we're going to do like a six to eight week road trip in our new camper which is exciting but I am like cannot wait to get out of here because we've been in the Austin house for 6 months or more now because I was in the later stages of my pregnancy and wanted to stay still during that time and wanted to have a couple of months after Luca was born to just ground into that but this 6 months is the longest I've stayed anywhere even during lockdown last year we only stayed here for 2 months and we went to my Colorado house for 2 months so even though I wasn't traveling internationally or anything like I still moved around and this has been the longest stint in one place for a while so i'm really excited about like and maybe like that's my third place is like just this movement that i need to create in my life that keeps things fresh i literally feel like a different person mm. I'm alive with energy and creativity when i move
1: so how was that stillness in that 6 month time frame considering that you were so fast paced because I've been looking and speaking to so many people in business and otherwise that it seems to be a very common theme is that we're all being called to still at some point. I think... Considering you work fast-paced and everything that you're creating is so Mm fast-paced.
0: Well, that would be something that I'd say is like I put a lot, a lot of energy and a lot of that output kind of went, that need to expel went into um, remotely, especially Mm. the last... Well, yeah, I mean, Luke is nearly two months old now, but the three months before he was born, it was like frantic energy into that business. Like I was really pushing hard and working long hours, but like loving it, like getting a lot of like long productive hours. Um, And I know there was a lot of um, momentum and energy in me that was like working toward this date when he was going to be born, which obviously didn't know exactly when, but roughly and like, knowing that that was coming, it was, there was like a sense of like, I need to get as much done as physically possible before this little bub comes because I have no idea. Like I do not have any idea what this is going to be like. And I have, you know, on the one hand I had this fantasy that I was just going to take like a week off and get back to it. But I think I also was very aware that I have no idea how it's going to go down afterwards. Like literally my life is going to change. And I need to get this business, which what the platform wasn't yet live. I was just like, I need to get it as far down the path as I can physically get it. And I think I was up in my team's face a little bit too much for sure. I don't think I know I was, um, like I was <laughs> overstepping in certain areas. Cause I was just like, I had this need to like do as much as I could possibly do to know that I was leaving it in the best position it, it could be in. Um, so it's been a good reset as well to um, take the time out that I did after he was born to get out of everybody's space. But back to the question you asked me, which was how was the stillness? I mean, it was really uncomfortable. And I think that's probably part of why, like, I worked so many long hours and things. Um, and there was a lot of, like, I struggled with feelings of, um like it, the monotony and the stag- stagnation, it's really hard on me. And I get, I start to get a little bit down. Like I wouldn't call it depressive, but I get this really like flat energy and it's just, I don't, it's not, I'm not alive. I'm like the opposite of that. I just feel a bit like, eh. um, mm. and so I was definitely using work and trying to get whatever me- momentum I could at least feel there. Um, that's what I was mm. sort of seeking out, I suppose but it's been uncomfortable for me the whole time. It was uncomfortable for me when COVID happened and I was just like, oh, like my entire schedule is cleared. And there was this novelty element of it. It was very novel, very interesting, but very also just like, wow, this is fascinating. Like three weeks in and I was like, ah, and I'm like, oh my goodness, (laughs) for 20 years since I've been an adult, I've been moving and travelling and constantly, you know, I've always had, even when I worked for my dad before I had my own company, there was a lot of travel involved in my job there. And it's just like fascinating. So mm. I, I feel like I've explored that in and out throughout the year. Um, and like come to a place where it's like been really good to sit with the stillness, but also come to a place where I'm really comfortable with the fact that I like that. Shift and that evolution and moving, and what comes with that, and the creative flow. And I don't sometimes I'm running from stuff, and sometimes it just lights me up. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It's just, yeah,
1: because the more that I've been having these conversations, what I've been picking up for a lot of leaders, let's say, is um, shame guilt around slowing down Mm -hmm. and not knowing what to do with that and ultimately then sitting in this place where they're putting such profound pressure on themselves to like strive towards innovation or you know productivity when it's not really quite necessary and no one's known how to really switch off. And I sat and listened to a panel of, um, in like Port Macquarie, it's still a small regional coastal town, but there was this small panel of local business owners that were talking about what they did throughout the pandemic in terms of when they had to slow. And one of them was a um, local, 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 local public and they owned lots of different venues across town and hospitality was hit incredibly hard throughout that that period. Um, And so he was just talking about the biggest thing for him was recognizing that so many people were going to start to shift and that they were going to seek out this third place, this community. And what could he do for them? Because that's where they were going to really sort of, I don't know, like find, find their tribes again. Um, And so he started like, picking up these pockets and creating like all of these like little online um, forums for people that that were part of his clubs and stuff but that when we were talking about it and we're saying this is amazing like you were so incredibly productive in this time the woman that in the crowd asked him a question though that you were taking care of so many people what were you doing to take care of yourself in that time Mm. and he recognized that he had to step back in and be with his family again. He had to get to know his wife again. He had to get to know his kids again. And then there was this like blend of going, I've slowed down. I'm connecting back in. This feels great, but I've still got all of this pressure and I'm still got to run. And, yeah, he said he reached a point where he started to feel quite broken. Um, but that in itself was an evolutionary process for him because he got to reframe and recraft who he was as a leader and as a husband and as a father. And I just keep seeing that come up, is that throughout this time, even when there is this shame and this guilt, is it's like it's it's an evolutionary process right now. We are all being called to shift and grow and expand mm-hmm. and sort of look to different ways in how we meet life, how we meet our work life, how we meet leadership and finding that more holistic approach to
0: it. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah and I think as a leader in a in this new world where we are potentially offering more flexibility more this remote work all of this kind of thing that's come out of it obviously not for that guy with he had a physical venue but the businesses that we're in and things it's like one thing I think that's so important for us as leaders to consider for both ourselves and our teams is like how do we build that muscle of having our own personal boundaries around work? Because the other side of it is the always-on factor. Like every, like when we are kind of working from home with technology and the way everything is now, it's like we can always be connected to everything if we want. And it's like, how do we create boundaries for ourselves um, as leaders? How do we how do we work with our teams to create their healthy boundaries that? You know, they don't necessarily have to be answering emails or pings or whatever at two in the morning if they don't want to. if they want to, they can, but like they need to be the master of their own domain, so to speak.
1: Absolutely. That's interesting though, in itself, like when you're when you say that in terms of teams and giving people the sovereignty and the the autonomy to be able to choose for themselves and set their own boundaries, have you seen in your experience and the way that you've led that there has been resistance or struggle in that, giving that giving that freedom to your team members?
0: Yeah, struggle. I don't know if I've sp- specifically seen resistance. I think there would be, but I've definitely seen and had people tell me, like, it is a struggle. Like, it, I've never had this amount of freedom and it's mm-hmm. a little bit difficult for me. Um, and and I've had to just help and hold some space and encourage um and help people find that trust within themselves but also that they can trust me and trust the space that I'm creating that it really is okay for you to decide that you don't go online after a certain time or whatever whatever you need for yourself that it really is okay um but to help them create those boundaries I think more of what I see is people burning themselves out and a couple of years ago I had an experience with someone who used to work for me um and she was working so hard all the time and continued to get burnt out. And I kept moving her around and changing her position and changing her structure because I was trying to do all this stuff to support her because I was like, oh my God, she's burnt out again. She's like on the edge of a breakdown. What are we going to do? We kept rescoping, And after about two years of doing this, that was when it dawned on me. I'm like, it doesn't matter what I do she will burn herself out because this is her pattern. This is her, the way she shows up in the world. And it took a lot. It took like coaching and all sorts of things. And ultimately, you know, us working, it was a real growth edge for me and for her. Um, But us working out that like, oh, this is actually her patterning. Like I I can only do so much, but she will still Mm -hmm. find something to be stressed about, find something to work on. She will be the one like, because I would find things that she was working on and be like, so what are you so stressed about? And then she'll tell me, I'll be like, who told you you needed to do that? Like, when did it become so stressful? She was like, Oh, I just, I, I'm just stressed about it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I can't do anything about that. Like I haven't even asked her <laughs> to do it. Like it's just the way that she approaches things. And I mean, she was one of the most efficient people I've ever worked with in my entire life. She, She was by a long shot. She was incredible. And one of the things I had to be mindful of was to, this balance between I I've got to be mindful not to take advantage of how efficient she is. Cause whatever I throw at her, she will get done. Um, but also provide the space for her to develop, to start to exercise and play with boundaries. And what does it look like to say, no, I can't do that. Or I can do it, but it'll get done on Friday, not Wednesday or whatever it might be. And, you know, it was a real, it was a lot of learning for both of us. Um, and it took a long time, and it but it was probably the best learning and ultimately it was her own path. She had to go down that path of figuring out those boundaries for her and that is still her journey that she's on. Um, but I realised, like, I need to recognise that in people, I need to provide that space for them, but I can't also take on the responsibility for somebody else's health and things, um, if they can't exercise their own boundaries. I just need to encourage them, show them that it's safe, give them the tools. We obviously, you know, now with Grow Motely, we use all of the coaching services at Grow My Team to help the individuals with those things. So it's not all me. And I'm so grateful for you guys for doing that. But as leaders, I feel like that's the most important thing is to create that safe space and reassure people that they can. Um, but it is hard and people, people struggle with the level of freedom and even to like, you know, one of the things I notice as well and I experience sometimes is I'll kind of make like a suggestion, like I might write something based. I'm like, Hey, do you think we should do this? And I'll notice like newer team members of me like, yes, okay, done. And I'm like, hang on. That genuinely was a question from me. That wasn't a directive, but I think a lot of people are used to working in environments where directives get wrapped up in fancy, like they look, they're kind of like passive directives, but they're, they really just are like someone making a suggestion or asking a question really is just them telling them to do the thing. And I'm like, no, I'm actually asking, <laughs> like, I don't want you to just do it. I want, I want to have a conversation here about how we should be doing this. There's so something feels off to me. So I also look at my own language. Like how can I Frame up my questions in ways that really do open up space for a conversation, um, and and be mindful because sometimes I do just throw directives at people, knowing that 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 they'll get done. Um, and ultimately, I have to, as the CEO, sometimes just call, make a decision, and call something. But like just being like like really observing like when that's happening and stopping them and saying, "Hey, no, 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 I'm not asking you to just do the thing. I'm I'm asking us to have a dialogue about it." Um, and it. I always find it takes with some people, not with everybody, because we try to vet as much as we can, like during our recruitment process, like who who genuinely is looking for that freedom, empowerment, self-sovereignty, who will thrive in that. But it can take some time to really build that trust that they are actually safe to be empowered, um, to make decisions, Absolutely. to have an opinion, to say yes, to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
1: just... We're, we're conditioned otherwise like if you're looking at the larger proportion of that pop, population and that's just what it's always been like you go in and you're a worker mm-hmm. you know and it's not this inclusive kind of and holistic approach to working as a collective and as a team it's definitely something that I've been identifying even just in terms of um different cultures Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. you know they're just that's the way that they're working and this is what I think in terms of conscious leadership is how do we bring the workers up to that level of understanding and how do we really support them and it does take knowing them at such a deeper level which is quite challenging especially in those first instances
0: Mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. you've even done a better job of that than me like I'm very inspired by you by the work that you've done with, with the grow my team team to go in and really get to know them one-on-one um and I feel like I have a habit of kind of making a connection with someone in the interview process and I'm very intuitive and feeling out whether I'm and I kind of know if there's a spark there am I going to do this thing and then we do and then things kind of get into work mode and next thing I know it's like oh it's six months later or a year later and I'm like wait like I forgot to like really get to know them or like yeah just sometimes I haven't like really dove in um mm-hmm. so I think you do a really
1: sometimes, yeah but I think too it's like the way that I see it is we can get like if people have an opportunity for a clean slate right like every time that you're building a new relationship but I love the fact that you embrace them as who they are I even found that incredibly liberating. That I was just like, oh wow, I'm getting to craft my recraft myself again now based on this new relationship and this phenomenal. I think what I've referred to it is for you, it's like Um, coming in to grow my team was my safe place to land. It was honestly this beautiful haven for me to explore all of these other facets of myself and choose what come to the forefront. And then, you know, it took a, a level of me there wanting to open up dialogue if I wanted, if I thought something was necessary in terms of bringing it up because it was going to either you know, hinder my performance or if it was going to actually elevate me if parts of that was nurtured. And it's what I've been sitting with a lot lately in terms of what are the things that we can do to get to know our teams better. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that love languages quizzes? Is it trying to find out, you know, what their horoscope is so you can start to do that. And it's just like any tiny little thing that can open up a little bit of fun and play in that process, I think is really important too. Because now, like, I mean, I do definitely use the love languages. I love knowing what everyone's are because it's, works for me and star signs you know astro astro analyzing people that seems to work (laughs) yeah but it's no longer just about the skills it's about the whole person right and what makes them tick and I think one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to dive so deep into understanding everyone in the team's history like personally and otherwise was also to um, trigger a lot more thought within them as to who they are and what part, like how did they get to where they are and to really for them to reflect on their journey so they can actually start to focus on their future as well mm. in terms of, you know, as we're growing and expanding, how do they want to grow and expand? Because it's, it's a sort of non-option. Like it ha- it's going to happen in a safe space like they have in the culture that we've built, that you've built. It's, it's just, it's going to happen.
0: Mm. It's a space for growth. Yeah, and I really I love that idea of the history and kind of diving into the backstory a bit. Um, that's probably more what I meant. Like I I don't feel that I don't get to know people personally. I definitely do, but I forget to kind of dive back in to the backstory, and that's what you've really inspired me to do. And I was just thinking about it. Like Cass, who is my operations manager in remotely, there was one day we have a Friday um, social we call it lunch slash dinner slash whatever time of day it is, but it's a non-work hour that's in the calendar for everyone to just turn up and socialize. Um, and one day nobody turned up except her and I, and we ended up just getting into this really deep conversation. She told me a lo- lot of different stuff about, you know, and it was funny cause it was like things that she'd like kind of mentioned briefly in her interview. Um, but we were mostly focused on her career, but she was kind of telling me like more the personal side, like what it was like when she lived here and lived there and like different adventures she'd had and things. And it was actually, it was so amazing. And like, I, it's like when I had that experience, I see more of her, like I, and I feel more connection with her and I see more of the the whole person, as you say. And I think that is so powerful because especially like with work we come in and we show up and we're responsible for for x in the business and because we're responsible for x we kind of operate in a certain way that's like natural to that like we're creative or we're we're creating systems or we're a writer or whatever it is that we do um and we're interacting a lot of our time on those things but remembering that there's like all of this other stuff going on in in people's lives and it's like so beautiful and i think especially in our scenarios where we're working with people from all over the world, like we really actually have very different kind of life experiences. A lot of us very potentially very different backgrounds and um, journeys through to where we're at. Doesn't mean there's not a ton of similarities because that's one thing I've also learned through all of my travel and all of my working with people from all over the world is like at our core, we're all very similar. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be valued um, and you can find those connections all the time, but like people have lived through really different things to me. And it's so beautiful for me to remember that and remember mm. that they're bringing all of that richness into our team. It's absolutely amazing part of like a global team, especially, but that's, that's a, even the case. If you worked in a team of people that happened to be from the same town that you're from or the same city that you're from, like We all still have very different experiences that have led up to the point where we might be, you know, a financial controller with 10 years' experience and a finance degree. Like, that's just not all we are. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely not all that we are. It's a huge piece of it, right, because it's what we've chosen to identify as. It's a part of our labelling, which helps in terms of, you know, resonance and community building. But, yeah, I'm loving this shift in terms of, what we're doing as the conscious culture piece, you know, like bringing all of that awareness into it in terms of what, and I love even looking at it, and I think we can dive into this obviously in another episode, but in terms of the energy that is then going into our collective experience based on these past histories and the energy that they're exerting continuously, because if we're only looking at it from, you um, a skills perspective in terms of what it is that they're doing, we're missing a huge piece of the puzzle Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of other things that are playing into how they're operating Mm -hmm. and what how that's actually affecting our business.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. Well, I feel like we should start to wrap for today. Um, and we also have our finance meeting after this. So we have to <laughs> get <going. laughs> but um, before we go, like what's latest in Grow My Team this week? Any kind of major updates, anything exciting? I did have a look at your website this morning and I was like, oh my God, it's so amazing. Like it's been a little while since <laughs> I it and it's it all clear and shiny and <laughs> so bright. So good.
1: Oh, yeah, no, there's so much happening actually, like a lot. And then I was, um, yeah, everything, everyone's buzzing. Um, we're actually just, we had our leadership meeting yesterday and it's interesting because the way that it's all framed is we're saying like biggest constraint or challenge at the moment and then, you know, going through that process that you'd sort of developed in terms of what's the data saying and what are we going to do. And every person in in their position of leadership was going, we're kind of struggling to try and identify with a a challenge right now. Like it's it's all systems go, but we couldn't actually pull on anything. And I was like, oh my God, this is so great. This is amazing. Like we don't always have to have these major challenges, but yeah, all systems go. We've got lots in the pipe works, but. Um, the biggest thing that I'm super excited about is our new conscious culture review system that we're doing. So it's a survey that we can send out to conscious leaders that want to become more aware of their culture and how their teams are feeling. So we basically operate as that third party to really shine a light on how happy their teams are and give them some really sort of tangible advice and and, um, open some conversations in terms of how they can better um, nurture their teams essentially. And, And we're looking at it from that real piece of
0: high performance in all areas as well. So, oh, so amazing. Yeah. I saw that somewhere on LinkedIn or something and I clicked on it. So, and is it how it works is like, if I wanted to do it in my company, I would, I, there's a landing page, right? So I can like fill it in and then you actually send the survey to my team though, after I've completed something or is that how it works? No,
1: sorry. So no, so um, the, all the lead has to do is like click in, fill out a couple of details. It's just to personalize it. And then they get um, a customized URL, like, or a link that they then can distribute out to their teams. All of the data will then come back to us and we get to analyze it. And then they book in a session and then we can talk about it all. So it gives people complete freedom to be able to answer openly and honestly.
0: Oh, I love this. Well, we'll definitely mm-hmm. include that in the show notes. Um, meanwhile, I'm excited on the Grow Motley side because, um, the auto matching function that we have, I'm going to get all techie, <laughs> but we have yes. this um, auto matching function. So when a company posts a job up, they'll automatically be sho- be shown candidates who like match different criteria so that they can invite them to apply if they like those candidates. Um, and that's something that we've built like, you know, uh, MVP version of like, it kind of looks at four main areas of, of data and matches it. Um, and then it, matches them like up to 100%. So the 100% will have the most matches, but it goes down. Anyway, it wasn't really working. Even though we were live and, and things were rolling, it just wasn't really working. And then we fixed something to do with the skills section and now it's working again. So it's actually really cool because we're personally recruiting for a community guide right now. So we have one of our own jobs up. And all of a sudden I looked in, I had all these auto matches and... What's more exciting or what, one of the other reasons I got super excited was because I started looking through some of the profiles and I was like, man, we've got some really incredible candidates who have, you know, taken the time to get themselves all set up on the platform with, you know, really complete profiles. And I've been excited. I've invited a whole bunch of people to apply for our particular job, but yeah, it was just, it's always like so exciting when one of these things that I had as an idea is now like alive and working. And even if it's not at its fullest expression. I'm like, great, we've got it going. We can iterate and make it better and better over time. So that feels really good.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to check it all out.
0: Yeah. You guys also had um a second best ever month of sales I saw this morning. Mm. <laughs> yes, we did, that's which is why I'm excited to go into this
1: finance meeting.
0: <laughs> so good. <laughs> Money has actually become really fun for me. <laughs> We have two, but it's kind of easy at this stage where every month we're growing. It's a little bit different, <laughs> seven-year-old company to have a PB. That's absolutely fantastic. All right, well, great to chat with you, love. I will. Um, I look forward to following along this journey next week. You'll be in as rock, I imagine, when we podcast. Is that right? Well, yeah, I'll be in all the room. Awesome, mm-hmm. and I'll be back in Colorado it's
1: gonna be amazing perfect well let's <laughs> find some great scenery because I'm not really offering you much at the moment <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> well you gotta show up with something a little better next time oh can yeah I mean, the baby the baby, baby. Luca,
1: say hi oh, gorgeous little <laughs> bubba hi Luca he's milk drunk he's absolutely milk drunk <laughs> no. All right. okay. it for today everybody